0: Burton, Burton 45
1: out. Burton! He slams a through. Isaac Smith, a handball to Henderson. Henderson gets the boot. That won't matter because he'll kick a goal for Hallborn. Burgoyne drops that kick, curls around. He kicks a goal. Up they go. O'Brien couldn't hold onto it. Now he gets it to boot. It's a bouncing ball. It might bounce through for a goal. O'Brien gets his first. The Brown and Gold Gladiators from
0: Glenberry have upset the top of the table, Adelaide Crows in
1: Thursday Night Football. Round 14 has produced what people are calling the upset of the season with a depleted 17th placed Hawthorne side stunning Premiership favourites Adelaide. It was one of the club's best wins of 2017 and informed Hawks fans that finals or not there's still plenty to be excited about. There's plenty to get through so let's get down to business. My name is Nick Mason and welcome to the most must hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. The Hawk Talk Podcast. My co-host, Tiz, is currently living it up in Paris, so I've called in a special guest. He's a senior writer at AFL Media. You'd also know him from SEN, ABC Grandstand, and the Four Horsemen Podcast. He's one of us. Welcome, Ashley Brown.
0: Absolute pleasure to be here, particularly the morning after one of the great nights at the footy.
1: (laughs) I've not come down yet. It
0: was hard. It was, you know, uh, I like thirds on footies, because it's a long way from my writing deadline, so I was able to sit back and watch (laughs) it as as a bit more of a fan than I might normally, and it was... uh, a really good night.
1: I've found someone that's a fan of Thursday night football. Can't believe my luck.
0: Well, I don't mind it. I mean, I'm glad it's sort of over and away. I mean, actually, yeah. Thursday night's usually my night to tune out and actually get on with the rest of the... See what the rest of the world's doing after a week of footy. But uh, when it's your team playing, you've got to sit more, trouble, obviously.
1: And that's why right, we were talking off mic before. It's it's a lot easier when your team wins. Because now we, we get to just sit back and relax and see the round unfold. Would have been a lot harder if we had lost that one.
0: Yeah, and shout out to all the Hawthorne supporters who would have gone to work on a Friday with... It. Feeling oh, great yes. about themselves, hopefully a few Strolling scarves. Strolling into the and
1: workplace.
0: What have particularly the ones living in Adelaide. I hope they had a particularly good day at work today.
1: <laughs> You've been a Hawthorne supporter for how long? Is it, has it been a lifelong thing?
0: Oh yeah, lifelong. Well, um, I've been a supporter... For forty-five years. Okay, so you got a bit on me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've,
0: uh, as I tell my uh, friends who are back for teams like St Kilda, I've uh, been alive for twelve premierships and I've seen eleven. Oh God! So it's been a very fortunate. You crunch uh, the numbers; it's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been a good time to be a Hawthorne supporter.
1: <laughs> so why Hawthorne? Is it does it run in the family? Yeah, well,
0: my f- uncle, my father played reserves footy for Hawthorne and my uncle, uh, his brother, my uncle Morton Brown, played in the '61 premiership team.
1: Right. Okay. So, so Hawthorne, it, you know, abs- it's it's in your blood, it's really. In the, it's in the blood, and Jeez. you know, you've
0: got to uh, in the job I do, you've got to, um, you know, it's, it's it's different. It's interesting these days because it's, it's okay to be for people in the media to have a team, and people accept now that most people in the yes. media. It was yeah. in, when I was growing up, reading people like Alf Brown in the Herald, if you followed a team, you'd have no idea, and I suspect he probably didn't have a team. Yeah. Now it's okay to have a team as long as you don't. You're not a shill for that team and a cheerleader for that team. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's okay. So see, yeah, I'm a Hawthorne supporter but obviously you've got to dial it down when you're working in football media for a living which I think I do most of the time. But <laughs> some people think I'm a bit of a lunatic and I get the odd moron on Twitter who has a crack at me but uh, I, that's, that's what the block button's for.
1: <laughs> that's right. I think you balance it quite well because it took me a while to work out. I think it might have been you following us on Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. It took me that long to work out that <laughs> you're a Hawthorne supporter, but then it, it, you know once it dawned on me, I was like, he does write a lot about Hawthorn. <laughs> well, I tweet a lot about Hawthorn probably, but it actually yeah.
0: is. Around, I mean, we, all, we also at AFL Media we have rounds, and my round is. I mean, I mainly write for the record, but I'm also sort of keeping an eye on the Hawks. So I do know a bit more about them, I guess, and uh, yeah, mm. I probably do tweet. More on Hawthorne and probably too often on Hawthorne. But I did chuck a Sam Menegola well done for re signing tweet <laughs> during the first quarter last night to try and
1: keep it a bit objective. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you've just got to you got pepper it with something. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's, it's been a great time to, to follow them. Um, and uh, But, you know, it'll be different final series this year. They're not going to be in it. And from a professional point of view, I'm actually looking forward to it.
1: It's interesting. It, it changes things up. Do you reckon there's any fans out there for Hawthorne who. Think we're still a chance, or are like hoping and praying that we'll get in because I'm not one of them.
0: Oh, there'd be a couple of desperates out there who think they could mount a run from here, but it's <laughs> uh, it's and look at their percentage. If any, they've got it, what, what yeah. are they five and eight? Yep, you'd need to given their percentage, they could only drop two more games for the season
1: and not only win, but win incredibly well. And
0: I don't think that's going to happen. So there's this, there's still a few defeats out there, so mm. uh, but. I don't know any Hawthorne supporter who's actually not looking forward to the last nine weeks of the season because there's a lot to look forward to. Oh, absolutely. Given yeah. the way they played uh, the other night.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. I've got a couple of broad questions for you as a Hawks man. Um, Favourite Premiership? Do you have one? You, you've obviously witnessed a lot. Wh- uh, which one do you rate as your, as your fave?
0: I think um, 2014. It was just yep. a fantastic day. Not many people gave Hawthorne a chance. The whole, you know, playing against the swan, the buddy factor, and then the mm. way they dismantled them was just a. A a fantastic day to be a Hawthorne supporter. Um, And they're all, it's not trying to choose between your siblings or whatever, but uh, (laughs) I enjoyed that one immensely. 89 was great as well. Um, And 83, that was such a really powerful performance, I think. So. Um, but I don't think anything will beat 2014.
1: I think my only regret um, being born when I was, I was born in 88. And uh, I, you know, I can't live that. <laughs> I, I just I missed out on that, on that golden era. And uh, 89, certainly one of the best in history. Um, but you, you mentioned 2014, one I did see. That's probably my favourite. I don't think I've seen a more complete game of football. That was just utter domination.
0: I'm actually writing a feature on Alistair Clarkson for his 300th game, which comes up in a few weeks. He's yeah, right. going to become the longest serving coach of the footy club. Mm. And I'm talking to various people who worked with him at the club. He doesn't want to do a lot of media at this stage because he says it's disrespectful to John Kennedy Sr., who, right. who goes past at the same time. So I was chatting to one former Hawthorne identity, and he just raved about 2014 as, as the best game best day he'd been yeah. involved with the footy club with Hawthorne. Um, just it was the complete performance and the way they just <laughs> dismounted them.
1: It was outrageous. It, it didn't seem like the team could do any wrong. And I think, you know, there seems to be in games like that, there's always a killing blow. And uh, I think Hodge intercepting that mark and strolling in, easy as you like, you just knew it was it. It was over.
0: Well, even the first quarter, i mean, sitting Dan Hanbury on his ass.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: with that bump. It was funny because I was talking to a, um, before the game, I was in, media area, I was talking to a, a guy who who writes for the Sydney Morning Herald, Andrew Wu, who's a long-time colleague and mate, and uh, who doesn't back for the uh, Swans, by the way. People on HHQ think he's a shill for the Swans. He's actually a big, <laughs> big Carlton supporter, <laughs> will he? Right. Um, but he sort of looked and he said, how do you think you'll go today? And I said, oh, I'm quite confident I think Hawthorne can win. Hmm. Because they discovered that game against Port Adelaide but they fell in. Yeah. And yeah. So everyone just assumed... That uh, the Swans would win, and he looked at me and said, Really? You really think he can win? And I sort of, <laughs> funny, I, I look, took that even more confidence because I actually got the feeling that the Swans people thought they're just going to turn up and yeah. win the game. Yep. And then be living in the Sydney bubble yes. for the whole finals. And, uh, and so nothing really surprised me, really, from that game. It was just, well, the margin did, but uh, the way they approached those first few minutes was fantastic. So that, that, that'd be my favourite.
1: Yeah, me too, me too. All right, let's uh, move from the past to the present. I guess before we get stuck in, though, I want to thank everyone that's supporting us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, as well as everyone that's following us on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Uh, thanks to everyone that followed the game on Twitter last night as well, during the game. We, we do love live tweeting, and especially with a win. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. The results? So sweet to read this out. Hawthorne, 14-12-96, defeated Adelaide, 12-10-82, at Adelaide Oval. Now, Ash, the AFL website... I mean, they are your employers, so I don't know how snarky you can be at them, but I, I'm a bit filthy about what they posted right before the game, previewing it. You know what I'm referring yeah, to? I do. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh,
0: <laughs> I've had, look, I, look, I'm, I must say, um, I did take. A sli- I wasn't in the office. I yep. re- I really only for the website sort of on weekends during the week. I'm only with the record, but <laughs> they also put up a a, a, a a def what we call a defcon before the game, and the teams mm. came out saying three Premiership heroes and Shui. returning for the game and I actually did send a note to the desk saying, you know, actually he's a premiership hero as well. Played in that 2015 Grand Final and played very well. Yeah. Um, So, look, people in footy are enjoying Hawthorne being down and in a way you can't blame them because they've been up for... It's a good story.
1: (laughs) It's a good story for everyone else. It's a good story for
0: everybody else and, and, uh, so, you know, Hawthorne are down and Jager's knee and the whole, you know, and what's going on with that. So people are are enjoying the fact that Hawthorne have had some issues and struggles and I think part of that was that thing (laughs) that DEF CON that you objected to last (laughs) night as well but you know that's why this was such a sweet victory I think for Hawthorne because nobody gave him a chance to win No, not at all uh, and and play the way they did and a lot of the issues that people think of Hawthorne have got, such as, and I know we'll get into it a bit, the game, mm, mm. as you know, they've got no kids. Well, I think that was probably knocked on the head a bit last night as well.
1: It certainly was. Uh, you know, we've been playing kids all year. Just slowly and steadily, we've been getting glimpses at the future. And uh, I think last night was interesting as well from Adelaide's perspective. Their past came back to haunt them a bit. I, I noticed almost immediately, the crowd very preoccupied, Bill and Gunston probably should have been worried about Henderson and Burton, <laughs> you know, uh, having not kept Henderson around and failing to pick up Burton.
0: Well, Carlson's different because he, he pretty much walked out in the club and said, That's I want to go home. Whereas Henderson, they weren't playing him anymore. So, you know, and he was a, he was a delicit free agent. So yeah. they didn't sort of fight to keep him. Burton is the one. And already, if you read the uh, Adelaide Press this morning, as I have, mm. questions are already going to be asked of how could really? that guy who was a gun South Australian um, whose father was a champion in the SANFL and who worked for the Crows. He was a runner for a while, Craig
1: Burton. Right, so it really runs
0: deep. Even though Ryan Burton said, I read somewhere he was a Port supporter before he was drafted to Hawthorne. Okay. Anyway, this guy was playing under their nose and Mm. you'd think they would have had access, they would have known about his um, knee and would have access to the medical intelligence to say, you know, it actually will be all right. Mm. To pass on him twice... Um, and the guys they picked up haven't done a hell of a lot yet. No. Um, I couldn't even tell you who they got. That's so. Tom Dodee, I think his name is yeah. one and not sure who the other one is. Hmm. Um it's gonna be a major uh well no embarrassment's not the right word, but the you know, question Michelangelo Rucci will ensure that the questions are asked of the right hmm. people. Drop oh, for Hawthorne now, of course, is uh t-
1: to keep him. keep Yeah, keep him and sign so him. <laughs> I put it out there on Twitter this morning asking for questions and comments so I could read them out in the pod and address them. Uh, I think the number one, I got about five or six times, was sign Burton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People are mad for him. Uh, he, he did have me pumping my fist uh, in front of the TV last night. Two lovely goals combined with a pretty rock-solid showing of defence yet again. He can't, he can't put a foot wrong at the moment.
0: Well, I thought this Gold Coast game last week was probably his first quiet game for the year. I thought it, he
1: didn't it, have, it was quiet, I would agree. He did not disgrace. Own, yeah. No, he didn't
0: play badly, but it was no, his first quiet game. But this was this was probably just about his best game of the year in yep. the year that's been full of them. So um, he got the nomination for his game against Adelaide last time. Maybe he circles these games. Yeah, the that was, like was round. Too, wasn't like it? Like Rioli and does against tested Yeah. Um, that, you know, these guys stubbed me, I want to play well against them. But uh, no, he was just outstanding. He just stands up so well, doesn't he? He plays with, I wrote this. A few weeks ago, he Mm. plays with with the shorty of someone who's played 100 games.
1: Oh, so true. Yeah, he's a complete natural out there. He just slotted into the side and hasn't looked back. Uh, Last night on Twitter, he was in danger of uh, turning this into a Birdo fan cast, which it could... He was trending at one stage. He was trending, that's right, yeah. Uh, We'll move on to Henderson. That was his 100th game last night. He was magnificent. 30 disposals running at 90% efficiency and slotted two important goals and just seemed to be everywhere.
0: He was, yeah, just a super game. Again, his best game for Hawthorne. I was skeptical when they recruited him. I thought he'd be a list, you know, as a depth player. I I did too. And um, almost, and you don't like to use that word, list clogger, he could have been as well. But uh, even a couple of weeks ago, I didn't see the point of playing him if it was about playing the kids at Hawthorne this year. But he's filled a role and he's, Hmm. you know, they're trying desperately to come up with some run and clean disposal having lost Bradley Hill and he's no Bradley Hill but he's he's fulfilling a role and, and it must have been really sweet for him last night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt got in touch with us on Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod and asked us what we thought of Ricky. Here's the tweet. Henderson was quality last night. He's been consistent all season. Thoughts now, you mentioned uh, favouring him ahead of kids. What do you reckon for, for the second half of the season? Do we continue playing him? I mean, based off last night. Oh, it, they ha-
0: well, they have to keep playing him. He's, yep. For now, he's in the best 22. Yep. But I think what Hawthorne are doing is that they want to play these kids, but they don't want to overbalance. They don't want to overload the team with the kids. And I think that was what Clarko said after the Gold Coast game that we, mm. they probably had too many kids in by necessity because of all the injuries they had. But that's what they're going to do now. They're just going to play more kids before the end of the year. You still like to see you know guys like Miles, yes, get more games. Stuart get more games. Um, you know, if they can find a game or two for Pitnett to play mm. it would be handy um, as well. But that's what they're going to do and and not go too much one mate. Or the other, I think.
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be an important balance that they need to find. Uh, I'm just looking through the tweets here. There's honestly so many about Burton. Before we mo- I know this is a bit Burton-heavy at the moment. We'll move on from him in a sec. But I have to give a shout-out to, to a tweet that I found, not directed at us per se, but one from Scott that said, if you're ever feeling upset, just think how lucky you are to exist on a 4.5 billion year old planet in the same lifetime as Ryan Burton. Oh, that, well, <laughs> it's, uh, might it's, be overstating it's it a bit.
0: overstating it, yeah, but the club did give him number five, so they, uh, they clearly rate
1: him. <laughs> uh, looking at Mitchell's game as well, he just keeps on keeping on. 38 touches, 18 contested.
0: Yeah, I thought he started slowly, but then he, after quarter time, I thought he was excellent. He just... He just finds footy, doesn't he? And I think they're starting to work out the team, starting to work out how to use him. I mean, it was a shame. that He and Jager were supposed to complement each other. It was supposed to be the dynamic duo. Th- that was, that yeah. was supposed to be the uh, pick up the slack in the midfield and and, re- and regenerate it. Um, but then he did the solid can and kicked that goal in the last quarter, which was uh, a huge goal. So, yeah. yeah, he's been outstanding. He probably doesn't get talked about as much as he should have. But he'd have to be in all Australian contention, I think, because his numbers... You can't dispute the numbers.
1: We've been talking on this podcast about uh, Brownlow-Smokey. Where do you sit on that? Is that, is that pushing nah, it a bit too far? Yeah, because
0: Hawthorne... There's too many games where Hawthorne players just won't get votes. Yeah. Um, if, if you look at uh, things like the Coaches Association votes, if we haven't won the game... We don't get invites in the coaches. Uh, so we, there's not even games where you could sneak in a one.
1: Yeah, I guess when we have lost, we've lost badly as yeah, well, yeah. so it doesn't so, help.
0: No, he'll, he can have a few beers on Brown the night. He won't, he won't be getting up to talk.
1: <laughs> so uh, we move on to Sean Burgoyne. He's turned back the clock so far now. It's about 1999. It just keeps on going back every week because it, it's unbelievable. 26 touches and 17 contestants are just behind Mitchell in that regard.
0: Is it possible that Burgoyne is actually a night specialist? I mean, his two best games this year were in the Swans game on the the Friday night and then this one on the Thursday night. That's now 96 straight games he's played. Mm. um, And people are discussing whether he should play next year. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer that he plays next year.
1: Yeah, we we actually had a, a tweet from Bob. Who asked, should we sign Burgoyne to a two year deal so he can break Adam Good's record for most games by an indigenous player? Uh, should we sign? I'm going to interpret this as two parts. Should we sign him? For me, it's a yes, and it's pretty clear you're he, of, on the yes side. Of
0: the three who are on the cusp, he's the most certain to play next year.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Should he do it so he can break the record? <laughs> well, no. not specifically for that reason, but it'd be a nice thing for him to do if he was able to do that.
0: Yeah, but I, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but I think the main thing he should play next year because he's. Deserving of a spot,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mitchell and Bur- Burgoyne both hit the scoreboard, which was great to see as well. That was really handy. Now uh, let's take a look at uh, Taylor Jarey. Maybe his best game for the year. yes
0: yeah, so again, just sol- I mean they had one passenger against Adelaide, um,
1: mm.
0: and it wasn't juray, He's been really solid. He's come in, hasn't he? I thought, I thought his uh, cards were marked at one stage because he took him a while to get into the side and. Yeah, um, he fell out of favour. He's out of contract at the end of the year, so I mean, oh, he, is he? I believe he is. So right. I mean, he's no certainty. I think to stick around, but um, he's the sort of guy who might take more security at, a, more security at another club if, if someone offered him three
1: years. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's definitely a bit possible. like the uh,
0: Matt Suckling uh, situation. Yeah, yep. not that I know of anyone who has, but um, but again, yeah, he, a bit of uh, savvy and uh, down uh, down back last night when they needed it.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, you know, all this year, whenever he's been down there, I've sort of felt nervous when he gets the ball in the back half. That dissipated really quickly last night. I felt very comfortable with him using the ball no, in the back good. half.
0: I mean, the back half, they set up the back six last night. They all had a job to do. Mm. Um, and they, it, every one of them carried it out beautifully. I was a bit worried about Sicily early, dropped a couple, was a bit fumbly, yeah. but yeah. for about half of the first quarter, he won an important ball, and it was like his confidence returned. Yeah, there. he warmed to the and task. I think the, yeah. better, the more the game went on, uh, the better he played.
1: Uh, Honourable mentions, I want to give one to Blake Hardwick who just, uh, you know, just went about his business, gathered 19 disposals, 89.5% efficiency. He's the efficiency king. Well, he
0: was long on Eddie Betts. There you go. So he must have gone to Strats before the game and said, what do I do? Because <laughs> Strats is the uh, Eddie Betts slayer. Yes. And, um, oh, Hardwick's been fantastic. I mean, yeah. he came in as a forward and I actually asked Clark at a press conference why he played him down back when he came as a forward and he said, that was a we to get him to the side and that's where we had the Rolton to play. Right. But I think he he played more when when he was playing in the uh the Tennessee Cup, he played that one year at the at under eighteens and led the co- the competition. But he has played some back before, so mm. but he's, he, he he rarely turns the ball over.
1: Luke Hodge as well, I thought gets an honourable mention. Uh
0: yeah, and wasn't the T V footage great of him barking the orders and it was being I... the general he he yells and grunts a lot, but uh but also it makes you worry about when he's gone, what's going to happen? You, yeah, you got anybody <laughs> to fill that void. No one to fill that void. But yeah, he, I, he was terrific, and he's probably. I don't think he's going to play next year. I think mm. he's. I think he's mentally decided this is his last season. Yeah, uh, and he'll fill a void. But he's he's having a really good last season. He's been. He has not been the, the reason Hawthorne are where they are.
1: No, not at all. No, he's had a great season. And if he chose to play on, I, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be like, oh yeah. He's, he's been reasonable enough this year, I could see that, but
0: he could probably squeeze another year, but I think mentally he's ready to do some other things.
1: It, you know if the thing is if he stays on and that effectively perhaps denies us a star then, you know, bringing someone else into the club, then no, I, I really wouldn't want that. And that's probably what would happen.
0: He'd be, if he played, it'd be because he wants to, and it'd be a very reduced contract, and I don't think that's worth it for Hodgie. So, uh, no, I think we'll, we will should all get to the MCG to in a few weeks for the Geelong game to yep. celebrate. It'll be, a, you know, against a traditional rival on a Saturday afternoon. It's a, That's why he didn't play against Gold Coast, I'm convinced, by the way. Uh, yeah, because no, I reckon you're right. They're <laughs> saving him for... Uh, a grand th- it's a shame it's not a Haw- Hawthorne home game, but there'll be a lot of Hawthorne supporters there anyway, so uh to celebrate, probably my top three, he's in my top three all-time favourite Hawthorne players.
1: Can't begrudge that at all. He's uh, hes uh a legend. Now, I, I want to talk about Luke Bruce. Did you see him out there last night? Well, he was
0: the one I said we had 21 <laughs> players, 21 players one and passenger. one passenger. Yeah, That's he, a had, fair, a, he had a call. mare, didn't he? And a couple of times on yep. the forward line, he just couldn't clunk it.
1: Bobby tweeted us and said Bruce never left the hotel room, uh, which is, you know, I want to say it's harsh, but he wasn't, I don't think he was even that bad last night. He just didn't impact anything.
0: No, yeah, I mean, I didn't check the final stats, but I checked at one stage. He had, I think it was last quarter, he had five five touches. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he finished with, but uh, yeah, it was a quiet day, but uh, look, they won. one in spite of that, so everyone's entitled to a bad game.
1: Now, this one's a contentious one, and anyone who's listened to this podcast before, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I want to get your thoughts on this, Ash. Billy Hartung.
0: Look, sometimes you want to throttle him, yep, um, because he'll do all the hard work. I'm going to love his run and his industry, yeah, and then he'll get the ball, and he'll stick down the throat of an an opponent. But I think they've got to keep playing him. And I thought, of all the glaring omissions when we played Port Adelaide, I mean, I couldn't believe the team selection for that Port game on a six-day break. Even though it came off a great win, they should have freshened the team up yeah. with a couple of players. And Hartung, to me, was the obvious player on that ground that should have been picked. Yeah. And I thought he was really good last night. He did. Mm. There was no... I think maybe there might have been one howler, but apart from that, I thought he, he's just... He run And he's got the fit in, in that last quarter. He ran the lines when everyone else was tired. It had been a tough game. That's true. Yep. He ran the lines in the last quarter. So I think they've got to keep playing him. And I know that's an unpopular point of view with a lot of supporters. But I think... You know, he's the closest thing we do have to a Bradley Hill and uh, leaving, and he's not he, hes not Bradley Hill, mm. but he provides some of what Hill did, and I think it's important to the team. So I'd like him to keep playing. And I know that's, there are elements to his game that are missing, and defensive running is one of them, and I think the physicality sometimes can be lacking, but I thought he had a real crack last night.
1: I thought he was very lucky to get away with. Um, there there's two occasions last night where he seemed to really set some stuff up for us. And, he, you know, he'd be bursting into the forward 50, like just near the arc, and then he'd stop and prop and then... So I think the game backwards. plan was,
0: because I think that was the... They obviously had a tactic to, you know, to try and look for forward contests that like you to win rather than just bombing it long to, and hoping. Yeah. A couple of times I liked to see him taking the game on. He could, there was one time I saw he could have played and potentially kicked a goal. But yeah, He he, yep. he stopped and, as you said, looked to someone and he, uh, kicked it in board. I liked to see him back himself a bit more and, and actually kick for goal. I think
1: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I think he uh, su- you know, he does a lot of work. And as you said, he really puts in and gets the ball and creates. But he'll get to a certain point where he suddenly looks. It's almost like a snap thing. It's like a reflex where it's like, oh, I'm unsure now. I don't know what to do. And there were two occasions, like I said last night, where both ended up being goals for Hawthorne. But, oh, if they had to go on the other way, back down the other end, it would have been bad. Now, uh, we, we haven't discussed Will Langford. What do you, you think of Will? I didn't mind him last night. I thought he was great night. last night. You yeah, know, it's still that part of his game where he, uh, he'll he just kick and hope. He'll kick it anywhere. Yeah, but
0: he again, his he's, he's physicality around the contest. And That's important. Yeah, He's important in winning the ball. And I think, again, a bit like Hartung, just keep playing him. And just see what you've got. Just playing to the end of the season. They've got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, in terms of seeing what you've got, my, my only query, and this is not about Langford, it's more about Hartung. I know Hartung's notched over 50 games now. Does it get to the point where we know what we've got? And by the end of the season, do we start going, yeah, is this the way forward? Is this the future?
0: Possibly. Um, I think he's got a long a year or two to go on his, on his contract. Right. Um, and I think he's the sort of guy, if he's not playing for Hawthorne, he won't play league footy at yeah. all, I suspect. Yep. Um, but I thought he was good last night. I thought he was okay. Uh, I think he played against Gold Coast. I think he was okay against Gold Coast. Yep. So look, it's two good weeks. But yeah, you're going to have weeks where he's going to butcher the ball and drive us all mad. But th- <laughs> it hasn't happened for a couple of weeks, so you've got to keep playing. Him.
1: That's true. Uh, we had a question from Robin on Twitter this morning at Talk Pod, who tweeted, uh, We're now for Gibson. Sicily, safe pair of hands, and proving himself worthy in defence. Betts was disrupted by Hawks' strong defence teamwork. What are your thoughts on that?
0: It is interesting with Gebo, isn't it? I think the, the way the team set up last night, I don't think we... Well, we don't need him anymore. Um, mm. I'm of the view with Gibson that I would and I've seen this you express even since last night, um, I would give him a farewell game against the Swans on the Friday night, our yep. last MCG home game for the year. Mm-hmm. One last chance to play against his great mate. Yep. Um, and that's when I would I would pull the pin after that. Get him right for that game and then see you later, Gibbo. He doesn't need to worry about going back and playing box. hill. He's been a wonderful player for the football club. And that's yep. the sort of send-off he deserves. I'm not sure Gibbo... He, I, I suspect he'd be probably now that he's had the injury, he might be open to that. Um It'd be good for the team if they could have sort of four or five weeks after that just to play around with things and see what they've got for next year.
1: It's interesting you're talking about needing Gibbo. I think, you know, one way or another, if we get to the end of this season and for whatever reason we decide we need him, it's probably time's up anyway, isn't it? Yeah, he won't won't play next year. We we don't want to be in a position where we need him.
0: No, no, (laughs) we don't need him for next year. He won't play next year. And I think the the team defence and that Clarkson wants him to play stood Mm. up without. Gibson last night. So that's a really good sign, I think, for the future. I mean, they're probably going to lose Hodge at the end of the year. I mean, Stratton will come back into that back line Mm -hmm. as early as next week. Um, But I think what last night showed is they're probably going to be okay.
1: It's really interesting. Like, I haven't really highlighted it so far since we've been recording, but um, it was, you know, first first 17th. (laughs) You know, At the end of the day. And not only first, but a team, you know, Adelaide... Have shown how potent they are. You look in at their that team. Line. You know
0: who's going to stop Betts? Who's going to stop Walker? Who's going to stop oh, Lynch?
1: It looked so bleak ahead of time.
0: Um, who's going to stop Jenkins? I mean, yeah. that's had all this firepower against so what we thought. What was an undermanned, yep. experienced back backline? So no wonder there was zero confidence Hawthorne could win the game. Yeah, that's why it was such an outstanding win, and that's why it was a very good sign for the future because the backline stood up in, and the inside fifties again. I didn't check the final stats, Nick, but. Mm. When I did look at one stage, it was twenty five to thirteen.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And we were at that stage. We were goal two behind. So I think I put on Twitter. I said the backline holding up pretty well. Yep. All things considered, and uh, and they did. So again, it's I'm not sure who that backline coach is because they tend to rotate them every year. But mm. uh, that guy deserves a big pat in the back for for putting uh, last night's effort together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jace got in touch with us and he asked, where to for Kurt? That is, Kurt Hedley. It's an inter- interesting question. I picked that uh, he would be in the side this week, but they went with Shuey instead. Yeah,
0: I did as well. I mean, I, I'd like to see um, Kurt, but they're really just taking their time with him. I'd like to see him and Brandon in the same team. They haven't played in the same... I'm not sure they've played in the same not, team yet. Yeah. Because yeah, Kurt's only played two games. Yeah, you um, might be right, yeah. So, I'd like to see Kurt come in and see what he can do. Um, and last night, you're right, I thought with all their tall fours, that was the game they were going to play. Yeah, play it seemed to make sense. Night. Yeah. Um, but I've, the two games Kurt played for Hawthorne, and I don't watch Box Hill live, Yeah. Uh, I've not been at. So, I had, I've never actually <laughs> seen him play. So, uh, maybe I saw him play a bit of a pre-season game. But uh, I hope he plays a soccer enough look at him.
1: I don't mind that he's got a bit of aggro about him. He does have aggro. That's <laughs> what, I
0: actually, what I do like about him. Um, and he's still filling out. He's still, you know, he's still got a bit to learn. So I would imagine he's safe for next year as well. But mm. at some stage, he's got to come in and play some games.
1: We've had a question from Carlo who got in touch with us and said, after every win this year, we've said we've turned a corner. Might that actually be the case this time?
0: Well, it should. I mean, they, you know, I was talking to a mate before. But he said, I've looked at your draw. And I thought, you know, I don't think you win that many more games. I said, well, you can. kidding. They've just beaten Adelaide and Adelaide. I mean, they could... <laughs> there's, not one game for the rest of the season. Now you look at it, if they play like they did last night, they couldn't win, No, they won't. Mm. And there'll be a couple more performances before the end of the year that'll just be awful. I've got a, I fear that this is the year we lose to Carlton. I um, know, right? Yeah, it's coming. Um, it should isn't have been it? As last year. I think Carlton yeah. and Eddie had this year. They, they'll be souped to the gills to beat Hawthorn. So yeah. I,
1: our, our run over the next three weeks, at least. So next game is Sunday, July second, three twenty. Home game against Collingwood at the MCG. Uh, then after that, we host GWS in Tassie. Which,
0: funny thing is, i have actually th- give us a sneaky chance of winning. the. the if they're still a bit depleted, mm. I'll give us a sneaky chance of winning that
1: game. Am I crazy for, say, as I read out the third, Geelong hosts us at the MCG the week after. Am I still intoxicated from last night's victory to think that we're a sneaky chance in all three?
0: Oh, definitely a sneaky chance. Of, a sneaky chance in every game for the rest of the year. Um, no, Geelong was horrible. Uh, their game earlier in the year. But uh, they're playing much better footy than than that now. And I would think that if that midfield approach works, and we haven't discussed Daniel Howe, if that midfield brings the same approach to that game, uh, to the Geelong game, they're a chance to win.
1: You bring up Dan Howe, what do you think of his game? I I reckon he's fit into the team quite well.
0: I thought he was super. Mm. Um, Actually, Someone I know happened to be having a coffee at Waverley during the week and saw them training, and, and said to me, oh, "How was doing a lot of work in the midfield." So I wasn't surprised to see him sort of go to Sloane uh, the other night. Yeah, um, he's coming together. I think he's still lacks a bit of uh, self belief that he could play at the level, but I think mm. his form has shown that he can. Um but that was probably that was the most important game he's played i think for Hawthorne so
1: far he certainly has the hunger and the physicality for it yeah but hes he gets in
0: borderline best twenty two at the moment I'm not yep. sure he's he's in the best twenty two when a couple of the other other guys come back, mm. but he really played his role as as we said as twenty one of them did uh against Adelaide
1: absolutely now uh, let's get to the uh, awards season I've managed to eke out two awards I want to give out this is uh, related to our game last night the inaugural Tipping Ain't Easy Award now I don't know if you're across this Ash it's been all over social media as far as I can see plenty of people have been quick to point out that journalist John Ralph tipped Adelaide to win by 120 (laughs) points yes
0: uh, I saw that on the the Twitters and
1: uh... people have actually posted snaps of this it's 100% legit
0: yeah, well, I don't know whether they made a big deal about it on Fox Footy last night, but they certainly, uh, someone should tell the producer at Fox Footy tonight about it before <laughs> they, for their pre-game show. I mean, what, they're not as bad as, they're not as bad as, uh, that's, that's GWS of 2012 to lose by 20 goals. It is, yeah. To, yeah. They're not that bad. I mean, I knew, I mean, I didn't pick Hawthorne, I didn't think they were going to win. Mm. I actually picked them by 10 points in the record, which is what I tend to do most weeks. Yeah. But I just looked at who was coming back on the side and said they'll be better. Yeah. They yep. probably won't win, but they'll be better because they're all... They're, well, I'm not sure. Schoenmakers, but the other three players <laughs> coming in were really yeah. important. Uh, Schoenmakers uh, actually played very well.
1: I just didn't appreciate it. it. reminds me of what the AFL did on their website, what John Ralph has done here. Because, I mean, either... For me, he's either being a smart-ass or he genuinely has no reading on the season that most games are a really genuine 50-50 proposition.
0: Yeah, I've got a mate who breaks for Hawthorne. And he's, and he's a born pessimist, and he said to me... Uh, they won't win another game for the... After the Gold Coast, he sent me a tweet. said, look at their draw. told me one game they're going to win for the rest of the year. And I said it back. But it's such an even season. So basically you're saying for the 17 other teams can bet each other on a given day, and you're yep. saying that Hawthorne can't. Yeah. They'll win three or four more games easily for the rest of the year, and I maintain that. They're going to... what they've got nine to go. They'll win... They'll go 4-5 five, or 5-4 five, for the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, someone said on the Fox footy telecast last night... Uh, Dermot, well, Dermott said, actually. He said mm. they're better than 17th. They're not the 17th. Best team in the competition.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, absolutely. Uh, now we move on to the second award, the inaugural T Award. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Roaming Brian. Have, yeah. you, have you caught this segment?
0: I have only watched it um, a, a bit of Fox Footy Man post-game. Yep. But I watched it, I think Hawthorne put up on their website after the Sydney game, <laughs> so I had yes. a look. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of... uh well, poor, you, poor Kate you, You're Stewart. a media critic, aren't you, Nick? So yeah. What do you think of it?
1: What do I think of it? Oh, well, it's car crash TV. So, in a sense, I'm the kind of guy who likes bad films. So, if you look at something like uh, The Room starring Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> that, that is genuinely one of my favourite films. The Room is
0: the cult movie at AFL Media, and there's always someone playing a grab from The <laughs> Room somewhere.
1: That makes me so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm glued to the screen. I'm like, this is horrible, but I love it. Uh, I don't know though. It's it's interesting because they'll like throw back to the back to the the uh, in ground studio, and uh, the co host will be having a laugh. And it's like, at what point is this literally just bad TV? Like because I know it's supposed to be a bit of fun, but when Brian Taylor, as he did last week, wanders into a bit of the change rooms, it, there's nothing in there, and then has to wander back out. It's just hilarious. But, but I think
0: it's in a way. I mean, it's taking not taking footy so seriously. So. Yeah, and seven can be accused sometimes of, you know, I mean, everyone remembers that uh, that Brett Kirk monologue from a few years back. <laughs> yeah, uh, that can I be think. accused sometimes of taking footy a bit too seriously. It's it's not World War Three. It's just footy, and I think BT, I think it's a good environment for him. So you know, again, I tend to have the TV on Fox post game. Yeah, um, but there's nothing really wrong with it.
1: I think the uh, the tonal shift bothers me a bit. If it were like that throughout, I'd be very happy with it. You know, if in calling the game the commentators were, you know, cracking jokes and, you know, that
0: I mean, Hawthorne one from the Swans game was funny because he didn't know, he
1: didn't <laughs> didn't know who Cade Stewart was, didn't know
0: Cade Stewart was, and uh, and that was funny as well. So. Um. It's been uh, it's, it's it's interesting. Yeah.
1: No. Clearly, I have a complicated relationship with roaming, Brian.
0: You wouldn't enjoy it. You wouldn't enjoy it if you if your team lost. It's it's something oh, absolutely you can not. enjoy watching if you t- if you're neutrally your team at one. Uh, you'd probably enjoy <laughs> I, it enough. I'm
1: I'm not sure the players enjoy it when they win <laughs> to see Brian roaming around.
0: Well, they've paid a lot of money for the Access Channel Seven, so it's a big isu- issue in the industry at the moment. Is about access post game. Um, yeah. Certainly other media would like the opportunity to have the access post-game that Brian gets.
1: It's something I've been critical of in terms of, I, I get that they have to have had, you know, and, and get time before the uh, the post-match presses are ready to go. And my, my qualm has always been, well, that's the best you've got. But to be fair, me, I haven't come up with anything better than that. <laughs> so maybe roaming Brian is what we are just lumped with now until someone comes up with something better. But... I don't know. Look, tune in tonight. I'll be I'll be sitting on the couch here watching uh Sydney take on Essen and I trust there'll be a roaming Brian segment after the game.
0: Uh yeah, they're they're, they're going to roll with this for as long as it, uh, as long as they've got value. I think. Uh,
1: hey, let's. Uh, have you been keeping up with my anti fantasy league? Are you across what this is I, all about?
0: I have been listening to uh, your anti fantasy league. So <laughs> basically, you, you you pick players that are going to be no
1: good. That's right. Yeah, I try and pick the team that is uh, uh, that underperforms. It's the worst team you could possibly pick. Right. So they score the lowest in anti in uh, AFL fantasy points every week. Now, uh, Daniel Talia has been my mainstay of my uh, anti-fantasy team. And I thought, he basically solidified his position the other week, where he he got just nine fantasy points with 93% game time.
0: Do you lose points for giving away a 50 meter penalty?
1: I believe you do. This is the thing, like, you know, what's interesting is like, Tiz is a guy who is way across AFL fantasy stuff. He knows the ins and outs of it. I've wandered into this completely blind. Much like Brian Taylor into Change Rooms. Uh, So I I guess, yeah, it deducts points. But nevertheless, Talia actually put in a decent game last night. He got 83 points. It's a bit filthy on that.
0: Oh, sorry for you. Well, Not everything could go right for you last night.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly right, yeah. Have to cop a loss somewhere. And now, if you have been playing with your own anti-fantasy team listeners, Harry Marsh and Dean Towers... Uh, having said this, he'll probably put in a decent game tonight. But I think they dropped Marsh. Yeah, you might be right. I don't think Marsh is playing this week, but Dean Towers, I think, he, is. He's a spud. 22 he scored last week uh, against Richmond. And yes, I, would agree I hope he plays with that. against Hawthorne in a few weeks. Oh, same here. No, I'd agree 100% with that spud assessment of Dean Towers. Phil Davis also, for GWS, has been a sensational find. He has not scored above 60 in the past few weeks. He's a good player, though. He seems important for them. but He's yeah, a very good player
0: and a hell of a nice guy. I've interviewed him. He's a lovely. He's a really good guy, Phil Davis. He, Sorry, a, Phil.
1: He's a decent <laughs> interview,
0: even if he's no good in fantasy.
1: Ash, I reckon that just about wraps it up, unless you've got any more notes on uh, on this tremendous win. It feels like we could talk about it all day. Oh, no, we could
0: uh, talk about this one. But, uh, no, it was a very good win. Um, Jager, what are your thoughts on uh, on the whole way the, the events of the last week and the Hawthorne coming out and... <laughs> with a, a rare dose of honesty and
1: it didn't go down too well it was bad medicine
0: <laughs> well it's interesting isn't it because um, there was the video I, so I thought Jake looked really downcast on the video he yeah. put on the website he didn't sort of have the same bubbly personality he's had for a long time but then the piece came out in The Age mm. which I believe was I, I suspect was um, Michael Gleason knows Tracy Gaudry the CEO from her days in right. athletics so I'm pretty sure that was where that came from yeah which painted a very positive picture, and I guess the fact that they can now tr- you know they know what it is, mm. they can probably treat it better. The thing that's been missed so far, that I suspect I'm going to probably r- touch on in my column, is that Clarco's line about the VFL is very clever. Mm. Because I think what Hawthorne are going to do is, that the attitude might be, well, rather than play him two or three games in the AFL at the end of the season, let's give him, let's play him, let's get him eligible for Box Hill. Yeah, right. Okay. And play... Three VFL finals for Box Hill, so get six or seven games at Box Hill, yeah, because they're going to be playing till deep in the finals. Well, you know, yeah, that much way, is clear. The way they're going, yep. So that actually could be a really smart thing for, for Omira is uh, to give him a few games in the VFL and then play VFL finals, so he'll play, and that can be almost the start of his pre season. If he can play six or seven games at, v, at VFL level before the end of the season, mm. that will give him the confidence to tackle the pre season. Mm. Um, my worry with Omira is that a knock to the knee him out for 16 weeks.
1: I know, right? It's not great, is it?
0: That's the worry. Because I,
1: I imagine, not being a league footballer myself, but I assume you get a few of those in a match.
0: Yeah, so that, that's <laughs> the, that's the what they haven't really spoken about, that he's sidelined by a knock to the knee. But um, the fact that they now know what it is, I mean, they've been fantastic with Burgoyne and mm. Max Bailey and Sean yes. Crawford. You know, they managed Crawford through his last season in unbelievable yeah. fashion. So they, they're good at that. Andrew Russell you know, is one of the unsung heroes of Hawthorne. So, uh, and Rioli, of course, in tw- uh, 2014 as well. So, yeah. they know how to do all these things, Hawthorne. But you, you sort of got to, you, The club deser- deserves our faith. Well, that's all I was going to say. on what they've done in previous years with players. Yeah. So, I'd I like to think with O'Meara, they know what they're doing. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see him play a couple of games, in even you know three games before the end of the year. But I'm starting to th- warm up the idea of just playing him in the VFL... And yeah. And playing VFL finals, which yeah. is a pretty good standard and it's a bit even a even step up again from regular VFL. And then that, that gives him the foundation, the confidence to attack. Uh came season. In terms of the whole trade, hmm. we judge this at the end of next season. Yeah, well that, that's Don't what I was get sucked say. in on, if I've got a message to supporters, don't get sucked in about you know, it's been a dud trade for Hawthorne, all things in totality, and in twelve months' time we'll start to have a better idea whether Hawthorne did the right thing with this deal.
1: Yeah, and the thing I would add to that is um, one player does not equal a successful premiership campaign. Even if he slots back into the side, it's just something tells me it wouldn't have changed too much this year. Now I know that there's a bit of hindsight bias behind that, but I don't know if it helps too much.
0: But a a midfield in twelve months' time of um, Mitchell, O'Meara, Cousins, yeah, um, possibly Lovell. Yes, people tend to be very high on Um, How going in and out doing what he does. it's not bad it's need more pace
1: the other thing I wanted to say about Amira is uh, yeah I would agree there's no real urgency for mine there certainly wasn't last week before these new revelations um, about playing him in the senior side you know I would agree with you saying VFL is probably the way to go if he's going to play any football anytime soon that's the way to go it's just no point bringing back to senior footy so quickly Um, I'd, I'd be fine just looking ahead you know 2018 just wrap him up that's fine
0: I think he should play if he can, but I'm happy for it now to beat VFL level.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that—that that is the question, and it comes back to, as you said, it's a question of, uh, you know, faith in the football club, they know what they're doing. and The
0: problem is, if they don't play him, it's just going to kick around for another six months, it just sits over, is O'Meara Is dart? Yeah, I know. Whereas, yeah. if he gets out and plays two or three games and pulls up, okay, for the end of the year, it puts yep. everyone's minds at rest as well, it's just one question mark for the for going into next season, that's been removed. So I think that's why they're keen to play him in some shape or form.
1: A couple of questions for you, just to to wrap this up. Uh, you just reminded me; I need to uh, hear your thoughts on Ty Vickery. <laughs> <laughs> Does that oh, not say it all? Ty, nah, and, come on. I feel sorry for him. Yeah.
0: And I'm really disappointed to hear that supporters were, were abusing him at uh, Box Hill last week. and If that's true, that is that something that happened? I I, I heard that. Yeah. Um and it might, you know, box on a Sunday afternoon after a few quiet ones. Yeah, uh, that's disappointing. It's disappointing to hear. I um, actually thought he was unlucky to be dropped when he was. I thought he, um, I thought the Port Adelaide game, he wasn't. He was. I mean, given how bad the delivery was. Yeah, he was far from being one of our worst. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, keep persevering with him. There may be a role for him. Um, His contract for a couple of years. Yeah. A um, lot like, again, like to see him play. Or like to see him play against Richmond and play well.
1: It is um, it's interesting. You know, we're recording at a time where Travis Cloak has come out and um, revealed his you know yeah. battle with mental health issues, and it just feels like if anyone in our club might be susceptible to that, you could see Ty Vickery being worn down by the constant criticism, not only external to our club with opposition supporters, but if it's if it's happening internally, then it's it's bad. It, it's it, it does not bode well.
0: Yeah, second hand. Um reports are that he's a ripping fella and yep. he's been really good. So, I
1: mean, you know, he's wearing brown and gold so we only wish absolutely, him the
0: best. Absolutely. The supporters of all teams should get behind all their players. Yep. And uh, The news about Travis Clark today, I mean, we all you know, we all revel in Travis Clark. We all enjoy him missing from 15 metres out when he yep. does but what you read today is very sobering and uh, yeah. you'd hate to think that uh, that's happening to anybody uh, at Hawthorne. We have no, no idea whether it is or isn't but, mm. uh, yeah, get behind Vickery and back him in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question for you. It's a bit of a curly one. Lance Franklin or Richard Tambling? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually made my peace with. When I, mean, I was, I thought his defection, which is a word I always use, so soon after twenty thirteen Grand Final took mm. a lot of the gloss off that Premiership. Yeah, you know, it it four bit, or five yeah. days of that Premiership, he was being he was wearing a Swans polo. Uh, those was weird times, and um, that's part of the reason why we enjoy twenty fourteen so much. My <laughs> thinking on Franklin is he's, he's probably not going to play in a premiership with the Swans. No, no. Um, he's had two losing grand finals, and now I'm sort of I now really enjoy watching him play again. And I love, and I really enjoy doing what he does for the Swans. It, quite comfortable knowledge that he's probably not going to play in a premiership team. That would have cut me a bit if he played in a flag for the Swans. Oh, for sure. The fact that he's not going to, I love him. And um, I was thinking about the Hall of Fame. Today actually, which Hawthorne because they've got their event tonight. Yeah. Uh, how many the current Hawthorne players will go in, and Franklin will go in for sure. And yep. uh, I think secretly we also love him.
1: Right, Ash. Uh, thanks for joining us at the Hawk Talk podcast and, and filling Tiz's uh, very big shoes. It must be oh, said. Well, I, I dare I, say he'd be probably be a bit jealous right now. In Paris.
0: No, they're very big shoes. Uh, Tiz, uh, on to fill your shoes and uh, hurry back. <laughs>
1: Uh, now where can we find your work obviously you write for the AFL
0: AFL record um, and a weekly column and a few other bits and pieces on afl.com.au and I'm on the ABC occasionally I'm on SEN a couple of times a week Mm -hmm. and my podcast The Four Horsemen which you can find as we can find this one I believe on iTunes and also on the uh, podcast section of SEN's website so give that a listen as well
1: yeah absolutely encourage those having a listen myself it's wonderful stuff at hawk talk pod that's where you want to go to engage with us on twitter uh rate and review us on itunes i think we're still stuck on the uh the 25 star reviews it'd be good to get 21 i i know every time i say this i feel like there's going to be one asshole that jumps on and gives us a one star review just to spite (laughs) us you have this impeccable record and someone's going to tarnish it but no we we love people rating and reviewing us and uh as I said, it was a joy to live-tweet the game last night. Such a fantastic win. Ash, thanks so much.
0: Pleasure to be here, and uh I'm always happy to help out again if, uh, if you're one short.
1: We'd love to have you on board. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.